are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 128 on the Weiss Market Shooting. Yes. This guy looks like a jerk. He is a jerk. Putting it mildly. (laughs) I can't wait to tear him apart because I'm in one of them moods. (laughs) Are you? I take it the the car stuff didn't get sorted out yet. Not yet. The idiots. So mad. (laughs) I'm about to get a lawyer. If anybody knows a lawyer, I need one. Just for the fear the pure fact of I need somebody to answer me. I got a hold of a girl, what, Tuesday, I want to say. And I feel bad because I kept saying, I'm sorry. I know it's not your fault, but you're the first person I've talked to. And then they, she sent me to the adjuster and the adjuster's voicemail was full. <laughs> so I called oh, back and I no. said, this further proves my point that nobody freaking responds to anything because her voicemail's full. How? I wonder <sighs> if she's so busy that that happened just like not through neglect of her voicemail box i'll tell you her voicemail is probably full because they're all me screaming at her (laughs) saying call me back (laughs) i will i will go to college i will get a degree in law (laughs) i'm playing the long game here going after these people it's i mean you told me what happened where they did not fix the situation no No situation has been fixed, and I am impatient. And I'm saying it's been three weeks. Luckily, it has been three weeks. It's drivable. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, it's drivable because if you didn't have a car that worked, you would be shit out of luck. It is kind of crazy how that all happens. That, you know, like we're lucky enough that if something bad happens, we would have somebody able to step in and help mm-hmm. but for a lot of people they don't have that and the fact that like what would you do for three weeks i mean you'd have to yeah. take the bus to get to your job you'd have to f- just figure it out right right well and then i you know the dealer or the body shop was saying that it would take three weeks to get it fixed so i whenever i spoke to this poor girl who i apologized several times to of my anger that they would provide a rental car for up to a week. And I said, well, my car's going to be in the shop for three weeks. She's like, okay, well, we'll pay for that, but you have to pay up front. So it's <laughs> like, like, actually, okay. I don't trust you guys. So no, <sighs> thank you. <laughs> but that could be a comparable car is like 40 bucks a day. And they should give you a comparable car. And I don't know about that. They do. That is that is the rules that you have oh, to give them. So like you comparable can't comparable in size or yes. in okay. Yeah, like you can't like, give. What are they uh, giving you? Like a convertible Mercedes Benz? <laughs> no, but if you had eight kids and you had a minivan, you'd need a minivan. You know, so yeah, I get the the size or type of situation. Absolutely. Yeah. But but then to pay out of pocket for that, you know, if you had to do that for three weeks, that's a big chunk of change to just pay out of your pocket when you ha- did nothing wrong. So right. your I don't car know. Existed in the place it's allowed to be parked. Yes, <laughs> I mean I have a platform with y'all who are listening. Like I'm so sick of this story. So hopefully it'll end soon. But I will <laughs> I will hate on Amazon till my dying day if they don't fix it. <laughs> but it's so damn convenient. It is unfortunate. Anyway. All right. right. (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't be- I'm glad you got that off your chest. <laughs> I feel I feel better. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, before we get into this dirt bag, we got a couple things here that we just want to discuss, even though we've discussed so much already. Um, what's the one thing we want to do every time? Like, share, and subscribe. Yes, please. Please do it. Please, um, please. The next thing, episode suggestions. We're working on our schedule. We've got it booked um, up until like mid-February. So a lot of the suggestions that you guys have put forth, they are on the schedule. We will release them at some point between now and mid-February. But we are looking in the future to try to help our dear friend Jamie and and give her the topics in a timely fashion instead of like the night before like we typically do because we suck really bad yep we're trying to be responsible here help us we really are but i tell you what rachel and i are both new cookie or new girl scout moms and we're cookie managers somehow they roped us into that jeez it is taking i mean it has taken significantly more of my time than i anticipated and For it hasn't sure. even started yet. And I haven't even done all the trainings that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Like so. the the cookie season just started what last week and yeah. we are responsible for ordering the cookies for all of the girls in our troop. And it is scary because some of them sell a lot. And that's why I'm going to get a rental car. That's a minivan. So I can put all that shit in there because it's going to be crazy. I'm starting to get nervous. I, cause you know, Brian has the truck, but I saw people in the chats, like on Facebook talking about getting in together to rent a U-Haul. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do I need to be concerned about getting a U-Haul? No, I don't we'll know. figure it out. Hopefully. I don't know. I mean, if so good for your troop, <laughs> but that sucks <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. And we keep getting more and more girls in the troop, which is both like awesome, but also even more stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard out here like, trying to juggle yeah. everything. Ugh. But anyway, let's segue. We need to get those episode suggestions so we can give Jamie a timely report on what we've got coming up. But we want to talk a little bit about Jamie, right? Yes. Where is she going, man? She's going to Australia in February. The land down under. That's right. She's going for a while. It's going to be a life-changing trip, I'm sure. That's so exciting. I always, I think Australia would be just so cool. She's going to have the be. best time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So anyway, she has created a Patreon uh, for this trip. She is an artist, obviously. You see a bunch of the posts every week twice a week of the illustrations that she draws for the topics of our podcast. I just bought mm-hmm. the gnome that we talked about in a prior episode. I didn't know she did. Yeah. I got it. And I'm so excited. I have pictures and I will post them for y'all and I will tag her in it. Um, But she also sent me because she was kind of riding the hot mess express with us. And she's like, Oh, I forgot to send this. I put you something extra in there as a sorry. And I'm like, girl, bye. Like, you know how we live. <laughs> no need. <laughs> <laughs> like right now we're recording on Thursday when the episode should have been released on Monday. Like we suck. Okay. <laughs> Real bad. But we're consistently, <laughs> we're consistent at sucking. So y'all are used yeah. to it. Nothing. But, you uh, expect. She, 
<laughs> she put this like print of the Bride of Frankenstein in there and it kind of looks kind of distorted. And then she gives you 3D glasses and it like pop she pops out at you. And I'm like, that is oh, so that is so cool. <laughs> cool. Like I want to get a frame for it and then I'm gonna hang the glasses on top of the frame. But I just that's like who thinks of that stuff? That's really neat. That's a good idea too. Yeah. Keep it out so anyway, to enjoy. <laughs> right. So she's going to Australia. We want to support her. Um, if anybody can donate to her trip, um, she is a fantastic person. She deserves the world. Why don't you tell them? And, and it's not like you're just joining for nothing. She's going to give you really cool stuff. Yep. So Rachel, why don't you tell them what the, the tiers she has is? All right. So she has a $1 tier, which is a legion. And with that, it's general support. She's got a $3 tier flying monkeys. And with that, it's general support and you get a shout out. You also get digital downloads mm-hmm. of her art. And then $5 uh, tier is space cadets. So you get all of that before, plus a hand painted postcard. Yes. From and her Australia. Paintings. Yes. Amazing. Pa- She's fire. Mm-hmm. That's what the kids say nowadays, right? Fire. I don't know. (laughs) That might be that might be going out. I feel like that's been going around for a while and usually those things recycle, but it is fire. Ten in a good way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ten dollar tier um is pink flamingos. So you get everything from before, but instead of one hand painted postcard, you get four. Plus you get video tutorial lessons and haunted tour videos because while she's in australia she's gonna go on some haunted tours as you do anywhere you go find a haunted tour (laughs) always and then she has a 50 dollar tier which is monster squad and with that you get everything from before plus um, souvenirs from any haunted tours that she attends and early bird access to videos and recordings and then she has a $100 tier, which is General Sherman. And with that, you get an 8 by 10 canvas painting of something in Australia and a can of Vegemite. Plus everything from before. <laughs> They're stackable. And you can make a Vegemite sandwich, like they say in that song. Yes, you could. In the land down I mean, under. I don't know what else you would do with it. I don't know. I feel like I should display it proudly because it came from Australia and I'm never going to get to go there. Or you could do that. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm so happy for her. Yes. But Me yeah, too. try to try to join her. Pay. Even if it's a dollar, she deserves it. Um, she's amazing. And uh, and I hope that she has a fantastic time when she's there. Me too. Like we mentioned prior, Girl Scout cookies are a thing. Oh, yeah. If you want some, we can get you some. <laughs> Slide into our DMs, friends. Yes. We got lots of cookies. We got lots <laughs> of cookies. Um, Website orders start February 26th, 27th. I believe. 26th 27th? or 27th, maybe. Yeah. Um, So we can send you the link. Our girls would be over the moon excited. Um, they really would. And we could tell them it's from Mommy's podcast. Yeah. And then she can tell her friends and then her friends will start listening when they get no. older. Maybe they're moms. There you go. We'll get <laughs> like, the moms. No, don't go to our kids' friends. <laughs> yeah. Lana Hand out stickers. No, <laughs> yeah. 
Lana has no idea what our podcast is about. All she knows is she's not allowed to come out here when I'm recording. And by out here, I mean anywhere on this side of the house. Uh (laughs) And it's not because she's loud. It's because I don't want her to hear anything that I'm saying. (laughs) Evie knows some stuff. She knows some stuff about some stuff. She knows what we do. She's They're the next generation. They're going to be doing this. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mine's mine's a couple years younger than yours, though. She's not ready. She's not ready for this. She's also incredibly sensitive. So who rock her world with some of this stuff. Yeah, she's not ready. All right. Well, that is the end of the business. So we appreciate you suffering through that with us. We talked a long time, but now we're going to talk about this waste market shooting. So get us started with Randy Stare. All right. So Randy was born on September 17th, 1992 in Dallas, Pennsylvania to Robert and Lorianne Stare. He had a younger brother, Jeremy. He was described as a very shy and introverted child, always preferring to be alone in school. He often liked to watch Nickelodeon shows like we all did. I get that. Do. Right. Potentially. (laughs) Um, And he drew the characters he saw on TV. He used to make short films at home using a VHS camera. While he did find friends in high school, he had never had a girlfriend. He didn't go on dates or anything like that. He had a part-time job working at the Weiss supermarket. And in 2011, he graduated from Dallas High School and attended Luzoni County Community College for three years until 2014, and he majored in mass communication. Although Randy said college and his job are not his main priorities, uh, work and school were not his main priorities because YouTube was his mm. focus. He spent a lot of time making videos for YouTube. Um, he made YouTube channels starting all the way back in 2007. So, like, did we... Did we even know what YouTube was in 2007? Might have been like, like, no, because that's two years after we graduated high school. Yeah, I don't think that to... was for like a while. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when I even knew what YouTube was. Maybe then, but maybe not. I don't know. But all the way back in 2007, he started making channels on YouTube. A lot of them were shut down to, to multiple copyright strikes. Eventually... He created Pioneer's Productions channel, which that was in June of 2008 when he was 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. That's for back then. I mean, like now kids do that because they're like obsessed with YouTube by the time they're like five. Right. But back then, I mean, I feel like this was newer. Yeah. And harder to do. It's not just setting up your phone and recording. It's like. VHS recorders. Right. Right. It's much more complicated. He originally created Let's Play and vlogs before eventually making sketch comedy videos for YouTube. Many of his well-known skits, and I should use well-known like loosely, um, involve him and other characters getting involved in strange antics such as Froggy Whale and Mr. Horsehead. The videos were created by, and all of the characters were voiced by himself. And then on one of his channels, he had 9,000 subscribers. Wow, that's more than us. Right. So, like, I don't know. 
pretty successful then i guess some people are watching them i think his videos probably became like significantly more popular after this tragedy but yeah that he caused but um yeah after becoming obsessed with the character ember he would end his pioneer productions channel to start a new one called ember's ghost squad Ember's Ghost Squad, or EGS, is a spinoff series based off a Danny Phantom. I don't know who that is. Cartoon. Which invo- it's a cartoon. Okay. Which involves Ember and his ghost friends going on different different adventures, recruiting teenagers to their squad. Oh, I would watch that. The I mean, series. So that is what his thing is. That oh, he, he created that. So Danny Phantom was a popular cartoon. You don't know what Danny Phantom is? No. Why do I know what that is? I know Johnny Bravo. Yeah, it's like after that. <laughs> and it's okay. not the same thing. <laughs> but I think it was probably on something like Cartoon Network, um, you know, in that kind of vein. But then mm-hmm. he created a spinoff of that because Ember was one of the characters on Danny Phantom. And he created a spinoff called Ember's Ghost Squad. And that's where they go on different adventures and he recruited the friends. Yep. The series was created entirely by himself, except for collaborating with different voice actors. All of the characters were recolors of Ember McLean, with the exception of Ember himself. Randy created, or I'm sorry, herself. Yeah. That's a cute name. Ember. With the E. Mm Mm-hmm. Randy created two other YouTube channels called Pioneers Anthology and Worthless Toaster. Pioneers Anthology was mostly the same as the original channel, except it uploaded Let's Play and his older uh, videos with Worthless Toaster. Uploaded while, high- while oh, geez, on why can't I talk? I- Worthless Toaster <laughs> uploaded high quality music of Ember McLean. Yes. He would upload several videos onto YouTube talking about his psychology and hatred for humanity. On June 8th, he would upload the last video of Ember's Ghost Squad, which shows Randy and the Ghost Squad characters shooting the Westboro High School. The video is unfinished as YouTubers um, he was partner he was partnering with didn't get the requirements done on the deadline and some quit due to the violent nature of the topic because that's very dark mm-hmm it is very dark and that's a cartoon he's making starting from his middle school years evidence of randy's disheveled mental state began to emerge in written stories that he had presented to his english teacher the main characters would almost always end up being involved in some deadly incident that would kill said characters i feel like some kids get fixated on death and it like happens because i know for me like Lana did that for a while mm-hmm. and I was like red flag red flag red flag right <laughs> no serial killers up in this house <laughs> yeah but she she stopped so I think it's something that because it's like something to be interested in but there's a line where it is a red flag and you need to be concerned right just despite the fact that he did that he claims that his works were never questioned by instructors so nobody asked him about it or was like what what's going on here and that's he wrote that often yeah so i think that's kind of strange (laughs) somebody needed to be talking to a guidance counselor sounds like right 
during college in 2013, Randy's friends, Tom Lynch and Matthew got into a fatal car accident that obviously severely affected Randy. Then his grandfather passed away and there was another incident where he was in a car accident um, with his brother and then his brother got into another car accident, which resulted in Jeremy and Randy sharing his mother's car because they weren't able to pay off the damage wow in these accidents so uh quite a few things happened since he was young and then intensified by these situations he was interested with the concept of death with this later videos centering around the idea but at this point it was to the point where people described him as obsessed with death obviously yeah i mean he was obsessed with it before it sounds like it. It did not happen because of his friends passing away. It sounds like he was already there. Right. Um, but it just got more and more concerning. And, you know, it's not like he was quiet about it. He yeah. basically lived his life f- for people to view on top of the fact that he wrote a lot of blogs. Yeah. And it's hard because like now that we have hindsight and we know what happens, we can see all these red flags. Right. But what did Stephen King's teacher think of him? Mm. I mean, who thinks of that stuff? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Only Stephen King. (laughs) I know. I think we talked about this before when we were talking about his books, just like sometimes I'll be reading things and I'm like, like his writing and I'll be like, where did that come from? And then I think about the fact that he thought of that somewhat originally, probably Mm -hmm. like who sits around and thinks about these things? Like it's a step past dark thoughts. (laughs) And he taught it to his son. Right. Now son's doing the same thing. <laughs> Must Generational. Be like, yeah. In the genetics there. After watching Danny Phantom, he became obsessed with the character Ember McLean. He had called her his wife and thought the Ghost Squad characters were real. During that time, he struggled with gender dysmorphia, thinking his soul was female. Randy wore feminine clothes and thought if he were to die, he would be resurrected as a ghost girl. In, of course, Ember's Ghost Squad. Randy created a self-insert character named Andrew Blaze, who was female, although he didn't consider himself fully transgendered. He had been opposed to going to therapy or a psychiatrist because he didn't think people would understand him, which around that time, it wasn't as accepted as it is now. Right. Um, He had been opposed, or I'm sorry. He also thought... Yes, he also thought participating in therapy or seeing a counselor, counselor, quote, alters who you are. Randy also became fascinated with the Columbine shootings and the killers, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. He recreated their shirts and had created videos displaying his firearms and places to murder victims, similarly to the two plans. students. Plans, or plans to murder victims, yeah. Yeah plans to murder victims similarly to the two students videotapes that that dylan and eric had done randy would also join forums dedicated to the columbine shooting often saying he could relate to them he said that he would have gone back to his old high school to commit the shootings but it had been demolished the year he graduated so like that's another level that's not stephen king stuff anymore that's like 
crazy. And he's saying these things where people can see them. Mm -hmm. Even though probably not like his parents or maybe even people in town or his friends, but like people out in the world on the internet can see it at minimum. Right. Well, because think about TikTok right now. TikTok's the thing, right? Does your mom watch your TikTok? (laughs) No. No. I also don't post any TikToks. (laughs) But if I did, she wouldn't. She probably doesn't know what TikTok is. I do think the fact that he had 9,000 people subscribing to his channels, I would think that maybe people were watching that, like people Mm -hmm. that were from his town. But at the same time, he had a lot of channels and a lot of blogs and a lot of them didn't have that many people on them. Mm-hmm. So maybe they like it, there wasn't a lot of people looking at the things he was posting like this, that he would go back to his old high school. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's insane. And then a couple other things to note here, even though randy was didn't consider himself fully transgender he was dealing with all that goes along with that and thinking that his soul was female but at the same time he wrote a lot of things that were homophobic Mm, really he said yeah he said he wasn't gay that he i don't know how he like worded it out but said he wasn't gay and then said a lot of you know slanderous things like homophobic things and I just, I don't know. That was kind of interesting. Maybe some self-hating stuff going on. Potentially. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. And then to his other, the other quote about him saying that counseling or therapy alters who you are. Like that's first of all, the point. Yeah. It's right. called growth and it's good. But at the same time, I think that's such an interesting idea to have because any interaction that you have every day anywhere has the potential to alter who you are Mm -hmm. and you don't just stay inside doing nothing watching nothing right well he is a person who puts out content that could potentially alter people Mm -hmm. also yeah he himself does so i just think it's it was interesting to see that as somebody's reasoning for not going to therapy Mm -hmm. or counseling i'm like that does that's not a reason it doesn't make sense (laughs) but on youtube he uploaded a video where he flipped a coin to decide his fate so this was towards the end um before the shooting happened um he said on the video if it landed on heads he would take only his own life at his house if it was tails he kills himself and other people at the supermarket after flipping it five times he got three tails his last videos would show off his weapons and vlogs in which he described his plans and hatred for the world he also made tweets hinting at the shooting such as saying if you think your body is ready for june 7th then you're gravely mistaken yikes yeah The day before the shooting, he would upload a video touring the supermarket that he worked at where um, he films the aisles and the exits. Randy had secretly sent emails to close friends talking about his plans and then regrets he had. 
He wrote in his journal and filmed home videos of himself planning the massacre, and those are dubbed the suicide tapes, which were all uploaded onto his now-deleted Mediafire page. So he filmed all these things of him talking. I did not watch any of these because I don't really care to, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> I guess. But they're still out there if you feel so inclined. Um, But he's just talking through all of the stuff leading up to the shooting, which is exactly what the kids from Columbine did. Yes. So. All right. Well, and it's hard, too, as seeing, I'm sure, if you knew about his other stuff that he had going on, right? This isn't that far from that I would assume those people were thinking oh this is just something else for his YouTube channel or you know he's playing some sort of game or doing some like I could see where people would be like oh that's just him being him because he's crazy yeah but yes man that's awful that would be awful to have seen that and been like he you know yeah that's just been who wrong he is. about what it was for yeah and then yeah and then see this and I think by the time he uploaded the like suicide tapes like the final things it was too late in the game to change the course of history there but there were other things that came up other things that he did that you know should have set off some alarm bells for people I guess Mm -hmm. all right now we're going to talk about the actual shooting so at approximately 11 p.m on June 7th 2017 Stair arrived at Weiss Markets for his late night shift. Before performing his typical store duties, Stair blocked an emergency exit near the building's crew area. Not long after that, he returned to the crew area and blocked any remaining emergency exits. After securing all the store's exits, including locking the automatic doors located at the entrance, Randy equipped himself with two pistol grip automatic shotguns. So he wasn't just pew-pewing, he was blowing holes in people. Yeah. That's crazy. How do you... And he blocked all the exits. Wow. That gives me anxiety. And at this point, there's not... There's no customers. It's nighttime. They're stalking. So, and it's... I mean, I've never worked at a grocery store, nor have you. Have you ever been anywhere where you, like, do late-night stalking stuff? No, I worked at Kohl's at like until like midnight but there were people around like customers yeah like until midnight during (laughs) the holiday yeah we were open until freaking midnight man that's insane yeah and i was working two jobs at the time so that was rough but yeah so never like a stocking situation but i would assume it would be the same in like a coles or or something like that where you know you've got the back entrance and then you've got Mm the the front entrance and that's about all yeah and if there are any other emergency exits i'm just thinking about like the the vibes when you're doing that kind of stuff like it's pretty quiet right for the most part but people are spread out like you're not all together you're somewhere Mm -hmm. off by yourself like stocking shelves in an aisle alone or whatever but i would also assume too that because typically late night shifts like that are kind of like a skeleton crew there's not a whole lot of people you would think that he would have built relationships with those folks i'm sure that he did 
and that is just... and it's not like he didn't just start working there either he had been working there for like a very long time like yeah from when he was an early teenager until you know after sometime while he was in college so it was a I, long time that he had been working there I would understand more if he would just open fire when there's just random people there that he doesn't know personally you know what I mean so that just adds another layer of like craziness yeah and these are not people that were like giving him a hard time making mm-hmm. his life harder like that kind of thing like in high school it's not like they were making him mad mm-hmm. they were just other people living their other lives you know that he did know and talk to I'm sure on some sort of basis but yeah he prowled the store killing three co-workers of the five total employees working the store that night Kristen Newell was the only survivor wow yeah. Noel, who had been distracted and listening to music while the events unfolded, was approached by Stair. He remained behind her for approximately five seconds before Noel, still unaware of the situation that was going on, turned to walk down another aisle. Holy she crap. Became, and I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that this was caught on camera, like in the store. Of and him like, can, like standing. Watch it. Yes. Oh man. Because I'm I watched a documentary. I mean, it's been years, and you know, I can't remember anything ever. That's why I thought we had already done this episode. I think I thought uh. we had already done this because I had watched that documentary, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I know a lot, or not a lot, but like quite a bit about this, and that was why. Um, she became aware of him, or aware of the attack when he began shooting at store merchandise, including a glass object, and she immediately fled to the crew room where she contacted the police. That is awful. Like, to, I'm sure for her also, I'm sure she's seen that video. And oh my like, gosh, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I no. mean, that, watching that video and not being her, I was like, shooketh. <laughs> like, yeah. it was not, it was creepy. And two, I mean, when she was going through the store after she realized that he was shooting, if I remember correctly, she saw somebody that she knew shot and dead. Oh my God. The aisles when she was running to the crew room and just, I don't know, just a terribly stressful situation and just so sad. Um, The shooting concluded when Stair took his own life via self-inflicted gunshot near the deli section. Investigators later discovered that despite arming himself with the two weapons, all of the fired rounds were ejected from only one of the shotguns. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he brought more to do more damage. He brought more than enough. I mean, it's interesting that he would do that because there's not that many people there. Yeah. I wonder if he was going to like have a shootout with the cops or something if they got there. Maybe, maybe that's what he, maybe he didn't want to kill himself. Maybe he wanted suicide by cop. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Um, let's see. So the, the victims of this terrible, awful, horrific crime uh, was Terry Sterling, 63, um, beloved by family, friends, and coworkers. And he's remembered most for his work ethic and his great sense of humor. He, uh, this is a quote from Brian McDonald, who was a former coworker. 
He said he was one to jest and joke, but definitely a really good guy. He hated it when there was gum stuck on the floor in the store. I totally get that. (laughs) Um, He was also very proud of what he did over there. So just a good guy trying to just work and do a job. And this happened. Uh, Victoria Brong, 26. This is a quote from Tori's friend, Autumn Weber. She said to wake up one morning and see that your best friend's gone because of a random act of violence like this, it throws you back and it makes you realize how short life is. Um, Autumn, Tori's friend, what Victoria goes by Tori. Um, she was 26. Um, or 26 year old Tori was the mother of a young boy. Oh boy. Um, and was with her high school sweetheart for over a decade. Friends say she was the sweetest person you'd ever meet. Someone who was always generous and loving. Uh, Weber also said she was just wonderful, wonderful person. There's going to be nobody else like her. She was so unique. I couldn't imagine if you died. Mm -mm. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine if you died either, especially in a way like this. Like, yeah, I don't know. An accident or something is terrible enough, but like this completely senseless murder by somebody else yes just is that would be too much to deal with and hers Mm -hmm. is like i don't want to pick out a victim that made me the saddest (laughs) right but like 26 years old your whole life ahead of you a young boy who now doesn't have his mother and then the person she was with she had been with for a decade since they were kids yeah like gutted it's just i don't know senseless Um, Brian Hayes, 47 family and friends say that, uh, Brian was intelligent and a knowledgeable man who loved his wife and family. He was just an easygoing type of fellow. He helped anybody in need. He was just a great guy said family friend, Jerry Ernie. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to think about like when we talk about these things and then the people that, you know, the victims of the crimes and then all of the people that it affected all of their families all of their friends all because this a-hole like little kid i mean he's not little little he's a grown person but like what just because he flipped a coin Uh uh-huh i mean really Mm -hmm. Mm. flipped it wrong Mm-hmm. Court documents indicate that a search of Randy's home turned up seven boxes of 12 gauge shotgun ammunition, shooting goggles, ear protectors, a shotgun buttstock, and an owner's manual. State police also took two notebooks, his drawings and cartoons, external hard drives, a flash drive, a computer, and a camera. Recordable discs labeled Goodbye, Interview Spring 2014 and egs intro as well as five unmarked discs and one marked with illegible writing were also placed into evidence so they have like i said before his thoughts and his feelings were like pretty well documented by him which on Mm -hmm. the same hand is like what a like what is the word that i'm trying to think of it's not little asshole but it's like that (laughs) for thinking that people care what you think that much when and you're doing these terrible things like you're recording your thoughts and everything leading up to this like i don't know you're not that special like a narcissistic little brat Mm -hmm. like a spoiled child is all i can think of i'm like 
Ugh, just gross. An actress who voiced a cartoon character for his like Embers Ghost Squad thing uh, that Stair had created said he sent her an email less than an hour before the killings thanking her for her work and telling her that by the time she read the email, he would be dead. Wow. And that's Laura Faverty. She told WILK Radio in an interview that the message from the man she knew by the pseudonym Andrew Blaze started like a suicide note, but got darker as he outlined the true purpose of his videos, the last of which was a 42-minute animated film depicting a massacre at a high school. Stare also posted a photograph of himself wearing a uniform in what looked like a store bathroom at 2.10 a.m. on Wednesday, which was about 24 hours before his rampage. So he had worked the night before. Wow, too. maybe with that. I, wow. So yeah. that's just crazy. That's so scary because everybody has jobs. Everybody goes into an office and thinks that they're going to come home that day like nothing's going on and then all of a sudden this jerk just decides that today's the day yeah but these and these people did nothing to him yeah yeah no nope nothing there were also pictures of him posing with his shotguns even kissing them to be a real a-hole um he left a note which read, these are all of the audio and video recordings pertaining to my death. All of these recordings and videos are essential for understanding what I did and how I did it. I don't think so. Mm-mm. I think you're just a little crybaby that couldn't handle life. Yeah. Um, this is a quote. They're all just me sitting in front of the camera, just recording with my microphone or driving and venting my thoughts. The biography on his Twitter read, I had to die in order to truly live. Speaking from before and beyond the grave. Well, I haven't heard shit from him since he died, so I guess it didn't work out for him, right? Mm-mm. A prosecutor called Steer's actions a mental health situation that utterly spiraled out of control. His family on Friday released a brief emailed statement expressing sorrow for his actions. That That sucks, too, because not only is it the mm-hmm. victim's families. Is it, you know, all of that, but also his own family? Like, how bad would you feel as the parent while you still love your son? Mm-hmm. He did this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And, and always knowing, like how many people, I mean, blame you yeah. <laughs> too for it. Yeah. Especially exactly. in, again, in a case like this where there were. I don't know. I'm not saying there weren't there were signs at home, but I mean there were signs at home, right? Right. Like he's doing all this stuff. I don't know. And I never, I don't know. Could you ever imagine one of your kids doing a mass shooting? Like it just doesn't compute. It it doesn't compute. Um, and of course, in situations like this, we always go back to it's the parents' fault. They didn't know. They didn't do that. And and that's not always fair. No, it's not always fair. In some cases, sure, that's exactly what happened. But in most cases, these people play their chameleons. They're going to play to whatever audience they have. And if they're supposed to be the nice, you know, person Mm -hmm. that's who they're going to be and nobody's going to expect anything i guarantee you these three people that were murdered didn't ever think that this was going to happen right and do you want to hear something really awful too i can't remember where i saw this and in what 
fashion. Like, I don't remember if it was a video or if it was just something somebody wrote and I was just feeling so emotional about it, but, um, it was a parent, like a mom asking for people's help. I think on the internet, just like a general call out for help because she was scared of her son Mm. and they were poor and didn't Mm. have insurance and she said the police couldn't do anything about it and that she was terrified that he was going to hurt somebody. That's so And terrible. there was nothing. She had tried to send him to counseling and things like that and it didn't work, but she couldn't afford like inpatient, you know, psychiatric care. And he was coming up on his 18th birthday is what it was. And it was like her last chance to try to get something done before he was going to be an adult and she had no control over it. And I'm like, that makes me want to throw up. (laughs) Like, it really does. (laughs) Yeah, they, the mental, while mental health nowadays is a lot more prevalent, like we talk about it now, we really don't, though, as a society, really want to help those people because counseling is outrageous, even just to go to a counselor. I mean, Mm -hmm. to go and and typically you want to go once a week. And, yeah. you know, a hundred dollars a pop easy. That's cheap. People can't yeah. afford it. And it's, if it's between eating or and in the same breath, it should be just as important as eating. Mm-hmm. But if you have to choose, of course, you're going to choose food over a counseling session. Like it's just, it's despicable as a society that this is how we have decided to mm-hmm. do things. And it's the same with the medical I think we've talked about that before, like yeah. with people not being able to afford Medication medicine or chemo need. or things that they need to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just sad. And I mean, next level on just making healthcare and mental health care affordable goes to the fact that it would cost a lot of money to put in the necessary constraints, I guess is what I would call it, of people being able to take, you know, like an 18 year old is in distress or a 20 year old Mm -hmm. or whatever, and they won't admit it, but they need to be, what is it called? Like green slipped or something. Yeah. Admitted. But the law, like the things that people can do around that, I mean, first of all, you see it abused terribly, Mm -hmm. but then on the same hand, they sometimes can't do enough. Yeah. And it would cost so much money to have enough oversight on something like that to to ensure that it was fair and, you know, nobody's getting abused and, you know, all of those things. But gosh, like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if we could do that? Yeah. <laughs> because it needs to be done. It does. And it's all about, you know, gun violence and this and that and take away our guns or whatever. And I'm not trying to get political, but I think we're looking at the wrong thing here. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know that we're necessarily looking at the wrong thing. I think we're definitely not looking at the whole picture. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a better way to really say it. We're really hyper-focused on a small piece of the puzzle there. Yeah, yep. Like, I there's agree. room for improvement and everything, but man, like, yep. you're missing it. Like, got to step back and look at the whole thing. It's all to do with mental health. Absolutely. Sure. Um. Lori Ann Steer, that's his mother. She also said, we're so sorry for all the pain and loss of life he has caused, uh, or his he has caused. actions, he he has caused every uh, to everyone involved. That's mm-hmm. kind of a weird quote, but basically yeah. she's sorry. Yeah. And like, and, what else can you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
what else can you do? That, That's another thing that, that being in that position, you would feel so helpless. Well, cause nobody, all of the victims are, their families are going to be gushed with people trying to help and doing all of this stuff. But poor Lori, she's by herself. Mm-hmm. Nobody's wanting to help her. Nobody, you know, she's the, the mother of the monster. Right. And and I'm sure she needs some kind words. Support. And yeah. 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 And wow. That's a, I mean, and too, like, as if you were the victim's family, like, at the same time, her sorry would not mean enough. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's sad on all the ends. It really it's terrible. is. But and the this most kid Im- is a piece of shit. <laughs> real big piece of shit the worst Mm -hmm. but the more important thing is that if you have if you struggle you don't always have to pay to go and talk to somebody sometimes just talking to a friend somebody you met on the internet that doesn't know anything about you sometimes those people are the people that really can help help you because Mm -hmm. you have there's no judgment there if there is judgment hit the delete button and go to the next person like it's it's so it's easy to connect with people and a lot of the times people do do the right thing and want to help somebody and and I think a lot of it is just being okay enough to talk about it and if you can talk Mm -hmm. about it and express it then you can kind of move forward and figure out a plan but you're not in it by yourself and you're not alone there's a lot of people that have those issues myself included yeah so Randy needed medicated he he needed a lot more than the average bear. <laughs> right. For sure. Yes. <laughs> and, and I don't the, I don't know if a friend on the internet could have helped Randy, but in some cases definitely. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. You want to cite your sources? I would love to. Um I used wikipedia.com, youtubefandom.com, realifeillins.marehays.org, fox56.com and dailymail.co.uk. Yikes. So there is a story of the Weiss Market shootings. There is a book called Supermarket mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out if it was like kind of loosely based on maybe this situation um and it was it was um written by logic he's like a dj person yeah and his name is bobby hall his real name and i read it and it's not like the worst book that i've ever read it's all right but it kind of reminds me of this kid is kind of going through he works at a supermarket obviously it's called supermarket um but he kind of works through this and then he's in his head and there's a possibility of a shooting and it's just it is a good tale so if you're interested in something like that um i wouldn't say it's like a scary i would say more like a loose thriller psychological yeah so all right well we hope you learned something today i wouldn't say enjoy um on Mm -hmm. episode 128 on the waste market shooting and we will see you next time 127 isn't it 127 Uh oh is it yeah it is isn't it i thought i changed it but i didn't well dang it sorry it's episode 127 friends
127 is the episode. We'll leave you with that. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.